0: morning what i wanted to do is to carry on our series on life with jesus and it it, it's been really powerful and i just wanted to recap the last couple of weeks and and then really continue on with that and from the beginning we've talked about how it's a difficult time for many people you know there's obviously the disease of coronavirus there have been deaths some people have been grieving and mourning and there's been loss in so many different kinds of ways and we need to acknowledge that and life with jesus means we turn to him and we've really been impacted by the book of joel and chapter two especially in the old testament and that verse rend your heart verse 12 it says even now declares the lord return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning and we felt a real call to repent to turn to the lord And that was kind of in three ways, you know, repent meaning to turn away from sin, to turn away from the things that would keep us from God. And secondly, with all of our hearts, that sense of surrender, that sense of our lives laid down. And thirdly, with action, fasting and with emotion, weeping. So, you know, that real call to repent and turn to the Lord. And what does that mean for each of us? And also we read from Joel chapter two, the Lord's answer when we return to him with all of our hearts there's a talk of abundant charge, autumn rains, spring rains that sense of overflow you know our god is faithful he says i will repay you for the years the lucas have eaten and he he is a god of restoration and also in Joel, too, it talks about the outpouring of the holy spirit i will pour out my spirit on all peoples and we know that was fulfilled as we said at pentecost and you can read about that in the book of acts but we can continue to be filled with the holy spirit today we need to be filled with the holy spirit today and every day so th- the whole sense we were getting at the beginning um, of life with jesus is come let us return to the lord and then last week paul and i can cont- continued on with that conversation and that idea of surrender that call to more and we shared a powerful word from charlotte curran at cfc um, and we shared that clip, and it was basically Are we puddles or pipelines? You know, we want the Lord's blessing, we want it to flow into us, but does it flow out, or is it gathering here in us like puddles? Like, is the water becoming stagnant? And she spoke of, of forgiveness, of generosity, and of grace. And life with Jesus is living this out, receiving it, but then giving it away. We also had a brief look at Mark chapter one in the Bible. I was tackling the whole of Mark's gospel to find out life with Jesus and didn't get past chapter one, just a whistle stop few things and we didn't even expand on them that much. You know, Jesus is baptized. He receives the affirmation of the father. This is my son, whom I love with him. I am well pleased and he lives out of this, that place. He's so obedient to go into the wilderness to face temptation, resist the devil and stand on the word of the Lord. He proclaims good news, drives out impure spirits, heals the sick. He knows his destiny. He withdraws to quiet places and he prays and spends time with the Father so life with jesus means those things it means following him it means living like him it means being living water in a broken world and being that pipeline and letting blessings flow into us but then flow out and through us so as we read in the book of joel you know we talked about the plague of lucas it's not an easy time and it's not easy for us right now and i guess For me, like as a pastor, as a leader of the church, and not only that, simply as a person, it feels like the natural instinct is to comfort. You know, you know, um, just to say it's gonna be okay, everyone. You know, God is faithful, and to remind ourselves of all His promises of the Psalms. You know, God is our rock and our refuge, is our hiding place, and all of those things are true. Of course, they are true. But in my heart, I also feel this is a time of challenge. You know, I feel like the Lord is really challenging me. He's challenging us. And we need to speak about that too. And whenever I was thinking about it, you know, I just came back to that verse in Joel too. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with fasting, with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. So even now that they're in the midst of a plague, even now though we're in the midst of coronavirus returned to me even now and life groups in our church and groups of friends have been talking about this and what it looks like for us as individuals and as a community and that's an ongoing conversation. And you know we sing about it as well, don't we? We've sang in the last couple of weeks with my life laid down, I surrender now. We've sang hungry, falling on my knees, offering all of me. This morning we sang I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in all of the One who gave it all, and that's our posture, and um, our lives laid down, returning to the Lord so in my quest to understand what life with jesus looks like and means i thought i'd carry on with mark's gospel there was so much in chapter one so today we're going to look at some of chapter two and see what that tells us about life with jesus so together we're going to read mark chapter 2 verses 1 to 12 and the words should come up on the screen behind me or the wall (laughs) so uh jesus forgives and heals a paralyzed man when jesus saw their faith he said to the paralyzed man son your sins are forgiven now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves why does this fellow talk like that he's blaspheming who can forgive sins but god alone immediately jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts and he said to them why are you thinking those things which is easier to say to this paralyzed man your sins are forgiven or to say get wow that's such a powerful story and there's so much we can learn about life of jesus even from that one story you know it's amazing to me that the people hear that jesus is in this house and they're just drawn there his fame has spread already it says immediately many were gathered together so there was no longer room to receive them not even near the door so at that point in his ministry jesus is attracting crowds wherever he goes and even that stirred a hunger in my heart you know if we live like jesus would people be drawn to us would we have something to offer that they would gather around us cry around us and when you think about it it's amazing what these guys do for their friend you know since they couldn't get through the crowds to jesus they made an opening in the roof above jesus and and um, you might have seen like films and stuff but the roof would probably have been accessible via an outside staircase but it would have been made of thatch or dirt or tile laid over beams so like It wasn't just lifting off a couple of roof tiles and there's a gap like they would have had to really dig in they would have had to been forceful tear up materials dig around to lower the man down on on his pallet into the presence of Jesus it's a pretty unusual way to interrupt a sermon so when they would broken through the roof they let down the bed on which their friend was lying and you know that really proves their determination and their faith I think they must have been counting on Jesus healing him because how would they have gotten back up through the hole in the roof? You know, they were counting on him being able to walk out of that room. And I love it how it says in Mark 2, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. You know, he looks at those four men struggling with ropes tied onto the corner of a stretcher and he sees their faith. It's obvious, it's visible. And their bold, determined action to bring their friend to Jesus proved their faith was real. And that tells us something about life with Jesus, doesn't it? Life with Jesus requires boldness, determination, faith. And how much do we need that at the minute? We totally do. And we talk about turning to the Lord as we turn to him, that's where we encounter Jesus. And that's where we get the strength from, you know, we don't have to muster it all up by ourselves. That's where we receive the gift of faith and strength and boldness to carry on to persevere in the face of uncertainty and anxiety and fear. Like every day you, re- you hear the news and there's something different and it's so unsettling, we need that strength that Jesus can give us to carry on. So I want to really encourage you today, if you're watching this, to choose life with jesus choose to turn to the lord and remembering that it's an action repentance is a deliberate turn towards we need to be intentional and i know some of us are feeling so weary about the situation we find ourselves in you know on a basic level there's things like zoom fatigue we're tired of screens we just want to see people we just want to be together don't we But maybe turn to the lord as a simple thing like i'm choosing to be part of church online even if it's on youtube you know maybe it's i'm gonna choose to log into life group even though i hate screens and i'm fed up with them it's just it's that bold fighting for connection and paul and i were chatting about this story and he pointed out to me You know think about the the paralyzed man in that story he had to make himself very vulnerable you know i'm hoping that his friends didn't just carry him there against his will you know not that he seemed to have a choice because he was paralyzed but he had to agree to be put on that stretcher and carried to jesus because they believed that one word or one touch from jesus could change his life and you know who knows what he was thinking and feeling when his friends carried him there You know what must he have thought when they got closer and there was just so many people and I just you know that's a challenge to us to put ourselves in his position and you know maybe some of us are feeling like that right now maybe we're feeling broken maybe we're just feeling at the end of ourselves and maybe some of you watching are feeling like that today and are we willing to say i need help are we willing to let our friends carry us through crowds to meet with jesus if that's you i really encourage you just to to reach out to someone and say i i've got nothing left i need you to help me get to jesus because that's what the church is that's what we do and you know even as those guys pushed through obstacles and crowds they were so determined for their friend to make get the opportunity to meet jesus like i'm sure it was a real effort to carry him there in the stretcher and like how much must their hearts have sank when they got closer and they saw so many people you know i'm just imagining what they might have said to each other like did, did they just get closer and one of them said oh there's no way we are going to get him to see jesus now and did another one say, you know, I really believe that today would be the day that he would be healed when he met with Jesus. And did another one pipe up and say, oh, come on, guys, there must be a way we can do this, we've come this far, we must be able to do something. Then did another one say, look, why don't we go up there? Go up to the roof, let's dig through and lure him in. And then I can just imagine one saying, wise up, that is such a stupid idea and another one going no come on guys we've come this far we have to do it we have to do whatever it takes and then together the four of them they went for it they fought for their friend to be free and to have life you know the world around us is broken and hurting some in our own church family are going through some very trying times could we be the ones to fight for them to meet with Jesus? Could we do whatever it takes to help draw others near to him? You know, and maybe that's something simple, like inviting someone you know to join us and be part of church, even if that's not to a physical building, but watching it on YouTube. Maybe it's reaching out and saying, do you want to walk? Do you want a coffee? You know, maybe it's showing up at life group and being together and listening to the ones in your group who are struggling and saying, I'm standing with you in prayer, even if I have to do it over Zoom. You know, maybe it's stepping out in faith and asking someone, can I pray for you when they share their hardships or their troubles or some illness that they have. You know, these men stepped out of their comfort zone, they pushed through what seems to be an impossible situation. They sacrificed their time and reputation to do whatever it took to bring their friend to experience the healing power of Jesus. You know, it took a lot of courage to go in front of all those crowds, dig a hole in a roof and lower a man down. You know, and I believe that's part of what turned to the Lord looks like in this season. It's going above and beyond. It's putting others needs above your own needs. It's not caring what other people think it's pressing on for you and those around you the ones you love and even the ones you don't know to encounter the healing love of jesus it's making a sacrifice you know there's so much we can impact from this one story you know the first thing jesus says to that man is son your sins are forgiven and you know jesus wasn't saying oh you're especially sinful you need all the help you can get he wasn't saying that his paralysis was caused by sin but he still addressed the man's greatest need and the common writ of all pain and suffering, which is man's sinful condition. This quote says, Forgiveness is the greatest miracle that Jesus ever performs. It meets the greatest need, it costs the greatest price, and it brings the greatest blessing and the most lasting results. You know, life with Jesus means that our sins are forgiven. Because of his death on the cross, the resurrection, his sacrifice, we are free and we need this and Charlotte reminded us last week in that clip about puddles and pipelines we receive the forgiveness we receive the fact that our sins are washed away but do we give that away do we extend forgiveness and also do we long for others to know the freedom from sin the forgiveness do we seek out ways to give away and share our faith You know, who do we know in our own lives who has not yet received the forgiveness of Jesus? Family members, friends, neighbours? And how can we let that forgiveness that we know in our hearts, that blessing we've received through, flow through us to them? How can we be that pipeline? Are we on our knees praying for them? Are we looking for opportunities to share the love of Jesus? I'm so challenged by this myself. You know jesus demonstrates his authority to forgive sins and the power to heal disease if we look back in the story you know jesus knew in his spirit what they were thinking and he said why are you thinking these things which is easier to say to the paralyzed man your sins are forgiven or get up and take your mat and walk i want you to know the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins and he says take up your mat and go home and the man gets up and walks out of that room and everyone is amazed like imagine how tense that must have been those scribes were tense because jesus called them out right he knew what they were thinking and he said it out loud that paralyzed man must have been tense because he thought what's going to happen to me and my body those friends were tense because they're like we've done all this what's going to happen now the crowds were tense because they are sensing everyone else's tense you know the owner of the house is probably tense because he probably thinks how much is it going to cost to fix my roof you know the only one who's not tense here is Jesus because he had perfect peace when he said I tell you get up take your mat and go home and that man was healed the power of Jesus to heal and the authority to forgive sins immediately vindicated. And you know what life with Jesus, it doesn't always look comfortable. Do you not think reading this? It's a bit tense. It's a bit dramatic. We don't know what is going to happen. And I feel like from reading this one story and from conversations I'm having with some of you and from what I'm hearing about life grips, you know, turn to the Lord means being uncomfortable it's being described as a a stirring a rattling you know it means we might have to count the cost it's a sacrifice and i love how that part of the story ends it says this amazed everyone and they praise god saying we've never seen anything like this so life with jesus means exercising his power and authority and when we see amazing things happen we could say miracles it brings glory to god and it draws other people to him and they can't help but praise him how amazing is that there's so much more in mark 2 i'm going to quickly say a couple more things you know jesus after this he calls levi the tax collector to follow him and he eats with sinners and the pharisees question this in verse 17 he says it is not the healthy who need the doctor but the sick i have not come to call the righteous but sinners so life with jesus is loving those who are broken you know it says in mark 2 jesus was having dinner at levi's house levi was a tax collector tax collectors were hated they were considered traitors they were like the lowest of the low like no one wanted to hang around with them jesus is having dinner at his house that is he's getting to know him he's building a relationship with him and i think turn to the lord means being intentional about who we spend our time with And as we hang out with our friends who don't know him, are we praying and seeking ways to help them get to know this Jesus that we know, who forgives sins, who heals diseases and sets people free? That's just one thing. Verse 18 of Mark 2, Jesus' question about fasting and he talks, he says that we'll fast when the bridegroom, which is Jesus, is no longer with him. And I got very excited because I realized in Joel 2, you know there's a bit about fasting then here in mark two there's a bit about fasting and it says even now declares the lord return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning and that turn to the lord means action which could mean fasting and some of us in church have been talking about that and i'm not going to go into it now but i think it's something to really think about and something we'll explore further together And if we read the promises in Joel 2, you know that we go back to in verse 23 and 24. Be glad, people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he's given you the autumn rains, because he is faithful. He sends you abundant showers, both autumn rains and spring rains as before. The threshing floors will be filled with grain, and the vats will overflow with new wine and oil. And i was fascinated when i read mark 2 to see new wine is also mentioned there as well as it is in joel 2 and it says in mark two twenty one 21 and 22 no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth onto an old garment otherwise the new piece will pull away from the old making the tear worse and no one pours new wine into old wine skins otherwise the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined no they pour pour new wine into new wine skins you know there's a danger of trying to put something new onto something old that's the principle for wine skins. a wine skin expands under the pressure of fermentation so if new and unfermented wine is poured into an old and brittle wineskin skin it's gonna burst so what's jesus saying there You can't fit his new life onto your old life. Jesus traded sackcloth and ashes for a robe of righteousness, a spirit of heaviness for a garment of praise and law for grace. If we want to pursue life with Jesus, we can't just slap something onto our old life. Oh, we'll have a bit of that life with Jesus and slap it onto my old life. We need to be made new and that involves change. And as we know, change is not always easy. It involves us inviting Jesus into our lives and being willing to let him transform us in every way. You know, as we're saying over again, turn to the Lord means surrender in all of ourselves. In Hebrews it says, may he work in us what is pleasing to him, not just what's pleasing to us. You know and when i think of new wine it just makes me think of the work of the holy spirit and there's a festival in england called new wine and it's where soul survivor came out of and it's really dear to paul and i and lots of people here have been there and know about it but think about new wine through the centuries old rigid forms could could not contain the work of the holy spirit through the generations god looks for new wine skins because the old ones aren't going to cut it they're not going to stretch any further to contain the new things that god wants to do so jesus came to introduce something new not to patch up something old and that's what salvation is about and in doing this jesus isn't just destroying the old he's not just saying everything's irrelevant the law but he fulfills the law if you think of a little acorn you know, it grows into an oak tree and there's a sense in which the acorn is gone, but its purpose is fulfilled in greatness. And you turn to the Lord means open for God to change us and also being open to new things. Wine that we read about in Joel too. We're gonna do new we're gonna need new wineskins. Do you wanna see the threshing floors filled with grain and the vats overflowing with new wine and oil? then what's my part in preparing the new wine skins what's god saying to me what's god saying to you what's god saying to us are we gonna be like those four friends and do whatever it takes to bring people to meet with jesus are we gonna step out of our comfort zones are we gonna push through what seems like impossible situations are we willing to sacrifice time and reputation Are we gonna let generosity flow in and flow out of us even if it means that we don't get to hold on to all the things that we would like are we willing to sacrifice and that's the word that i keep coming back to and i want to finish with this morning sacrifice put that into biblegateway.com and it's in the bible 357 times you know we could do a whole talk on sacrifice and what it means biblically and the significance of it In the Old Testament, people sacrificed animals to atone for their sin and to be able to come into the presence of a holy God. And with the death and resurrection of Jesus, God provided a permanent solution, the ultimate sacrifice without blemish. Whenever I think of the word sacrifice, I am reminded of a talk I heard years ago from our pastor Mike. It was a story about David in 2 Samuel 24 david's been told to build an altar to the lord it's to be on the threshing floor of a man called aruna the jebusite so david goes to this man and he says i want to buy your threshing floor i need to build an altar to the lord and by the way that threshing floor had a rich history and a rich future it was on mount moriah which is the same hill where abraham offered isaac in genesis 22 and it was on the same set of hills where jesus died on the cross so i could guess you could say sacrifice was in the dna of that place if that's a thing it's part of its story so david goes to this man aruna and he basically says take whatever you want have the threshing floor and here's some wood for your sacrifice and here's an oxen that you can sacrifice and like this man's great he's got a good and generous heart he wants to give king david anything he wants it's a noble offer but david says no in 2 samuel 24 24 it says but the king replied to aruna no i insist on paying you for it i will not sacrifice to the lord my god burnt offerings that cost me nothing so david knows if he accepts this man's offer it would have been his aruna sacrifice not david's david knows that it's not going to be a gift or a sacrifice to the lord if it doesn't cost him something he doesn't look for the cheapest way possible to please god you know jesus life was one of sacrifice and life with jesus for us will mean sacrifice You know, think of that beautiful hymn we sing at Easter. I've I've said it before. When I survey the wondrous cross, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. So I believe turn to the Lord means sacrifice. You know, when I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, I could say different things that we might have to sacrifice. But I felt like the Lord say No don't suggest things don't make a list let me speak each one of us needs to be open to the lord we need to let him speak to us about what sacrifice means to us we need to listen to his voice and then we need to do something about it we need to trust him even if it feels uncomfortable it isn't really sacrifice unless it is you know the definition of the verb sacrifice is To surrender or give up to permit injury or disadvantage to for the sake of something else challenging questions this morning are we willing to surrender are we willing to give something up are we willing to be disadvantaged let's be open to God today let's listen to him let's trust and obey and you know that verse is so important that we can read it about it in the Bible twice it's also in 1 chronicles twenty one twenty four, but king david replied to aruna no i insist on paying the full price i will not take for the lord what is yours or sacrifice a burnt offering that costs me nothing you know after that we read god showed the acceptance of david's sacrifice by consuming it with fire from heaven God honoured David's desire to be right with God by answering with divine blessing from heaven. That's what he does. So turn to the Lord, return to me with all your heart, even now, says the Lord. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. I will send you abundant charge both autumn and spring rains as before. The threshing floors will be filled with green and the vats will overflow with new wine and oil what is our response yes lord yes lord with all of my heart i don't want to be a puddle i sense charlotte's frustration and i feel it too how much could our nation be changed if we weren't puddles but pipelines letting the blessing of god flow through us to a broken and hurting world lord show me show me how to bring my friends into the presence of Jesus. Show me, Lord, what new wineskins are needed and how I need to change to make that happen. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God that which costs me nothing. I feel that's what God is saying to us at the moment. I'm sorry, maybe that was a bit longer than usual. I wasn't timing it, but just feel God is really challenging us all and he's calling us to make a sacrifice so i'm just gonna pray for us all now just a reminder if god's really speaking to you and you would like prayer and you can sign up for a prayer ministry slot which will they'll all kick in in a little while just check out our website think about what god is saying to you and think about your response so let's finish our first ever live stream by praying to god Lord, I thank you. I thank you, God, that as well as comforting us in these days, you're challenging us. Because life with Jesus isn't always comfortable. Life with Jesus means following him, doing the things that he did. And that requires sacrifice. Lord, would you speak to us all individually about what that looks like? and Lord when we hear your still small voice I pray God that we wouldn't reason it away push it away Lord that we'd say yes and it's gonna be costly it's gonna cost us but that's life with Jesus I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God that which costs me nothing so Lord receive our sacrifice receive our sacrifice today and in the days to come we say that we love you god with all of our hearts in jesus precious name we pray amen amen thank you guys for being with us don't forget to watch hugo's wonderful story this evening at seven o'clock on youtube and be chatting about this in life groups and keep chatting back to us because we this is a conversation and we want to keep understanding what god's saying to us all so thank you for being with us this morning see you soon bye